This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Glad to have you aboard today. Uh, last night, relatively quiet night. Sabres over the wings 5-4. Rangers beat the Sands. Man, did the Rangers need a winner? What? Over the Ottawa Senators 3-1. to one. The um, Edmonton Oilers hung on and beat the Blackhawks 5-4. The San Jose Sharks dropped a 3-1 decision to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have now won five games in a row. And Mitch Marner is in possession of an 18-game point streak that ties him with Daryl Sittler and Ed Olchuk. But you're a hockey fan, so you already knew that. So we'll grow that story a little bit and talk more uh, about the Maple Leafs here in the uh, the scant few minutes we have left on the program today. Luke Fox covers the Maple Leafs, amongst uh, other issues around the NHL for Sportsnet.ca. He joins me now. Luke, how are you, pal? I'm doing pretty good. I'm trying to get over uh, a little bit of sadness watching uh, Canada's World Cup, uh, you know, fall away oh, with it without, yeah. w- without a result. But <laughs> uh, but I'll bounce back. I'm sure. <laughs> well, see, I was talking to Elliot about this too, and and this is like you know, and you know, Blair was making this point too before the this radio show came on, uh, and that is you know, this year's World Cup for the Canadian men was all about the next World Cup. For the Canadian man, then like in like anything in life, you know, I was told very young life is about managing your expectations. And I think if you had an expectation that Canada might win one or score more than a couple, um, of course, you're going to be disappointed unless you look at this tournament and say, this is all this is all house money. Like whatever happens with Canada at this tournament, this is all house money. This is all about the growth at the uh, from the men's side. I mean, the women's side is outstanding and, you know, winning gold medals, etc. Um, but this was all about, you know, uh, another brick in this, uh, in this soccer wall that the men are trying to build. So maybe I'll throw the question back to you, Luke. What did you expect this tournament to bring for Canada? Oh, I don't, I don't know if I had high expectations. Um, you know, I'm a, I'd like to think of myself as a realist. But here I am uh, sitting on the couch hoping desperately for a draw in a game that won't get them anywhere. Uh, It was just kind of funny how uh, involved I think, you know, even as a casual soccer fan I got, and and I'm probably like many others, uh, just because, you know, know, started with with the the Belgian game and the the fact that they they looked relevant. They looked like they could hang with, with some of the best. So you, 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 your hopes start to creep up a little bit. Um, and then you're just hoping maybe they, they tie a game uh, would feel like a victory at this point. But I, I hear exactly what you're saying, that, that this is a, a building block and maybe we should just be happy they qualified for the tournament and gave us this, this journey. Yeah, like I was saying to Elliot before, like I, I like the culture around it more than the actual sport. Like I... I married a woman from Dorset, England, and so things like Derby Day are big, like Man U versus City. Like, that's, like, my brother-in-law comes over and cracks a beer, and, like, like then my father-in-law. Like, that's a that's a big day. Like, I, I get it, and I'll, I'll sit and watch it, and I'll watch, you know, big events. But to me, it's more of, like, I just love the culture around the sport. And I always look to say, okay, what... Which other sports cultures can hockey borrow from? Because, you know, for me, all roads lead to and through um, this game that I've been obsessed with since I was four or five years old. Um, I, I, I dig what goes on around the game, the presentation of the game, more so than the game itself. But I'm with you every now and then. I, I do find myself uh, getting caught up in it um, the way that a lot of Canadians did uh, about everything in this year's tournament. Uh, okay, everyone in Toronto, meanwhile, caught uh, all caught up in, in Marner Mania. Uh, 18-game point streak, although it almost didn't happen. 
what went through your mind when faced with an empty net, he chose to pass to Pierre Engvall? I may have said audibly, what are you doing uh, from the press box? <laughs> like I, I was, Cause it's like, here, here he is being gifted this chance, right? Like, Nothing was was going for him or the Leafs. You know, Aaron Dell comes out and and plays a a really solid game. His first appearance all season at the NHL level. Uh, And, you know, the Sharks were doing a good, pretty good job about not giving, you know, grade A opportunities. And time's ticking down. All of a sudden, Engvall gets one. And all of a sudden, they, they pull the goalie. And you're like, here's his chance. And then he passes to Michael Bunting, who was covered on the first opportunity. Oh, sorry, opportunity. it was Bunting. That was yeah, yeah. That was, and sorry, then, it was Bunting. I thought it was Engvall. Right, right, right. No, yeah, he would try. Big Mike is is how Mitch refers to him. Um, and then he said that actually Bunting got uh, ticked off with him at the bench afterwards. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and then uh, then yeah. he missed. The, then he had another chance and missed the net entirely. And then you start to wonder, like, is this going to happen? Like, is this just not meant to be? Uh, and then he does it with 70 some seconds left. And, uh, and his reaction was, he was just shaking his head. I think he, you know, he was mad at himself for, for blowing it twice. Um, but to get a third, third chance and, and, you know, make good on it, uh, was good. And, and it was kind of a interesting shift from like relief to, it wasn't until the crowd rose to its feet as they were announcing his name as the goal scorer. Uh, and he got a standing ovation in his hometown, then I think it really sunk in for him. And a pretty cool moment that I think is especially underscored by the fact that he grew up watching this team, cheering for this team. Uh, He, more than anyone else, I think, bears the the weight of what it means to be a Toronto Maple Leaf um, and and the pressures and the highs and lows and all that comes with it. Um, So that really meant a lot to him. I mean, after the game, he was saying that, it was pretty cool that they started doing this water shower thing amongst teammates uh, after big moments. You know, they did it for Austin uh, when he was knocking down the franchise goal record. Uh, I believe they did it for Jack Campbell when, when he went on a, a tear um, of wins there. Um, it's, Marner said how much it meant to him to be in the middle of it, to be the one getting, getting doused, to feel like the, the man really. Um, for one night. So uh, it, it was a really special moment and it kind of capped off what was otherwise not the greatest hockey game. So it, it, for a guy like me, it gave me something to write about too. <laughs> Selfishly, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the, um, you know, I was on the uh, the 590 morning show this morning talking with uh, with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. And one of the things that Justin was, was mentioning and, and making a point of was you know this idea that the Maple Leafs sort of rise and fall with Mitch Marner, that when when Marner is hot, the Maple Leafs go right along right along with them, and when they're cold, generally we find the same with Mitch Marner. Now I think a, uh, I think your point is is the right one that nobody feels the criticism more on that Maple Leafs team than Mitch Marner. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, he's from the GTA, grew up, you know, idolizing the the Maple Leafs and, you know, playing in the in the GTHL, et cetera, whether it's Don Mills, whether it's Vaughn Kings, like, and he went to play junior hockey in, in London, which is kind of the, the closest thing to a an NHL experience in the in the OHL. Like, he, he things sting him, it seems, more than anybody else on that Maple Leafs team. And it seems as if, you know, you look at like, you know, the, the melody of a symphony, it rises and falls. If the Maple Leafs are a symphony, kind of rises and falls with Mitch Marner, doesn't it? 
A hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head there, Jeff. Like you just look at the other core pieces of this team, right? You got William Nylander who nothing ever seems to bother this guy. Every, everything's like water off a duck's back. And then when the off season comes, he can be, you know, an ocean away over training in, uh, in Sweden. Then you have Austin Matthews, who's extremely confident in who he is, uh, you know, ha- had a very oh, yeah. different up- upbringing, you know, you know, it, in Arizona, you know, he, he, he understands what it means to be a Toronto Maple Leaf now, but it wasn't ingrained in him since birth by his father. Right. Uh, and then you have Morgan Riley, who's pretty even keel out on the West coast, um, longest tenured leaf. I mean, it means a lot to him, but he's pretty good at, at keeping his emotions in check, um, especially publicly. And then John Tavares, who's basically the model for consistency, both in how he plays, how he conducts interviews, how he is amongst his, his teammates, like, Every day you walk into that dressing room, you know the kind of mood John Tavares is going to be in, win or lose. It's it's really something remarkable. So Mitch is the wild card, right? He is this energy bug. He is uh, a lightning rod. When things are not going well, uh, you can read it on his face. He kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. And his energy is very contagious um, because he's a big personality in that room. And, And you're absolutely right. When things are going well, Mitch is joking and laughing and loud. Like even as an observer on the fringes of this team, like you'll hear his voice from like the shower room or the training room. Um, When you're watching practice, he's the only one yelping and and calling for the puck at top volume. Like he is a focal point. Um, And then, you know, he's just unique in that, in the way he, he plays on the ice as well, but um, he, you know, even though he's getting older and he's maturing, he's still that, that big kid kid. Um, conversely, when things were going sour, uh, it was him that, you know, you could read that on his face. Like it, during that California trip, uh, he was in a down mood. I mean, he was saying the right things, but his body language, you know, spoke, <laughs> spoke something else. You know, he took a stick and walked down the hallway and smashed it. You know, you, you, you probably wouldn't oh, yeah. have seen that from from Matthews or Tavares. So uh, I kind of like that. I like that there's different personalities on the team, but you're absolutely right that that when he's feeling good, it, it translates to the rest of the team and vice versa. I think that it could have a negative effect if he's not feeling good. So good on the Leafs because Mitch Marner has been, uh, been feeling at the top of his game right now. So what's the story then for you recently? And, you know, we'll, we'll park Mar- Marner's 18-game point streak here with Olchuk and Siller for, for a couple of moments. Um, outside of that, uh, is the story or has the story been the goaltending? Has the story been the emergence of Liljegren and Sandine? Um, has the story been, I don't know, John Tavares? Has the story perhaps been, and this is where we'll pause Mark Shardano, turning back the clock, making under a million dollars, playing 20 minutes a night. Because I think one of the, the, the big ones here is that Toronto Maple Leafs defense that has been ravaged by injuries is just fine. And there's not, it's not as if there's a ton of stress on the goaltenders because all these guys are out. Uh, what do you think it is recently? Like, I mean, it was a... The October was all about turbulence, right? And then November, uh, the plane straightened out. 
What's been the story for you outside of the Marner 18-game point streak? Well, the Giordano one is is a fantastic one. You, you could argue that Kyle Dubas has made the best bargain signings in back-to-back summers. I mean, the Michael Bunting one to get a Calder finalist uh, for the price he did yeah. for two years was fantastic. And then, you know, Mark Giordano, you knew it was a bargain at the time, but you probably didn't know it was going to be this much of a bargain, especially in light of Muzzin and Brody and Riley all going down and him stepping up and, and playing a game that you wouldn't expect from the oldest skater in the league. Like he's been absolutely phenomenal, but big picture the the story for me is that this is the seventh year in the Matthews Marner Nylander era. And right now they're producing the fewest goals per game of all those seasons and allowing the fewest mm-hmm. goals per game. They have changed their approach, and it's vaguely reminiscent to me of, of what the Tampa Bay Lightning did after that year where they ran away with the regular season and then got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They had to switch their mindset a little bit and wrap their heads around preventing the next goal might be as good or better than scoring the next goal. And I think Sheldon Keefe's done a phenomenal job of getting yeah. all the players to buy in into that. They defend as a five-man unit. Their forwards are, have become really good defenders, uh, and that's led by guys like Marner and Matthews. And, and when you see those guys back-checking their heart out, then how can you not, right, if, if you're making a fraction of that money mm-hmm. and uh, just playing a smaller role? So I think the defensive revolution, and that you package the goaltenders into that, absolutely, all three of them. Because um, they're all having um, really good years, and, and I'm 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 shocked. I mean, going into this season, uh, the the biggest question I think for a lot of people was: Is this tandem of Samsonov and Murray good enough to get it done? Can they stay healthy enough to get it done? And they haven't been healthy at the same time until right now. Uh, but uh, with Shalgren pinch hitting, they've got sufficient goaltending, and they've got the defensive support. Because a lot of the casual fans probably think of the Leafs still as this high-flying offensive team. The goals have dried up, and they found a way to win with defense. And that, to me, is the biggest story. So, will Kyle Dubas get any credit for all of this? Whether it's Giordano, whether it's the goaltenders. I mean, Keefe is... Now, Keith, Keith gets the credit for the structure and how the team is playing. We got about two minutes left here, but yeah. um, Luke, does Dubas get any credit for whether it's you know the the Giordano sign? Because don't forget, Carolina was was trying to get Mark Giordano as well. Um, does he get any credit for this, or is the the hatred too is is you know has, has the cement hardened around the hatred of Dubas by certain quarters? No, I th- I think he deserves credit, but I think it it will always come with uh, an asterisk, and that asterisk is, of course, did he build a playoff team? We already knew he could build a really good regular season team, and he seems to have proven that again. Uh, but ultimately, I think every, even the Dubas lovers, I think, want to see it get done when it matters most, and I firmly believe that he's not done yet. Like, this is not the finished product, you know, especially with, the LTI money that he's going to have with Jake Muzzin, I think there is a bigger splash beyond Connor Timmins coming. So, uh, you know, the, the jury, the jury's still out, but 
absolutely he he deserves credit for how his his team has performed the first couple months the fact that you know he st- stood by his coach who got them to rebound um and, you know the a month ago, it was a lot of yep. a lot of people calling for Keith's head, uh, and Dubis has always stayed firm to him. And so far, it, it's been the right call. Has paid off, uh, Luke. Always great. Thanks, pal. Um, always enjoy your insight. We will check back soon, my friend. All right, sounds good, Jeff. Have a good one. Thanks. There is Luke Fox from Sportsnet.ca, Maple Leafs uh, five-game winning streak and 18-game point streak for Mitch Marner. Tonight uh, on Sportsnet East and Pacific, Sabres and the Avalanche. A lot of skill there. How good is Rasmus Stalin lately? Holy smokes. Watch that one at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet Ontario at 8. is the Oilers and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, an hour after that, the Calgary Flames and the Montreal Canadiens on Sportsnet West. Thanks to Luke Fox for stopping by. Thanks to Elliot Friedman, as always. And again, tonight, another edition of 32 Thoughts, the podcast for release tomorrow morning. Thanks for joining me on this abbreviated, quickie edition of the Merrick Show. Back tomorrow.